Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and I got some headlines for you guys today. Just two headlines and I think they're pretty important uh, during uh, this time that we live in, the end days. And I want you guys to be prepared along with myself. Um, We've always got to be looking for the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is coming to take us out of this very wicked, evil world, saturated, saturated in evil. Um, But, you know, we were warned that that's what these days would look like. And uh, we are the light. We are to be the salt and the light uh, in this dark world. And we are to point people to Jesus Christ. And that is what we are to do during these end times. You ask yourself, well, what has God got me here for? Well, God has got us here to tell people however we can, if that's in action, in deed, in words, um, if you write, if you, whatever you do, you pray, you're a prayer warrior, do what God has called you to do. Um, I'm so sorry, guys. I have been out very sick, very sick. And uh, anyway, we are, um, I'm back for a little bit. I'm going to do this podcast uh, with the strength that I have today. And um, hopefully we can get through it. So um, just do what God um, has called you to do. He's put on your heart. Just do it. Don't question it. Just do it. God will take care of you. I promise. So we have Harbinger's Daily today by David Jeremiah. In a world of corruption, how do we spot a false prophet? Folks, that's very important right now during these end times. And another big one, uh, Biden creates new permanent office of pandemic preparedness in response policy signaling second round of medical martial law. You know him, you love him. That is by, yes, folks, yes, Leo Holman, H-O-H-M-A-N-N.com. Yes, folks. So uh, excellent article by Leo. So uh, we can see where things are going. These people, these evil, wicked people, they have grabbed a hold of power. And do you think they're going to let it go so easily? No. Um, you know, people always say, well, there's always been this and there's always been that and there's always blah, blah, blah. But there hasn't been a convergence of all of these signs in any, in any decade or any period of time like now. Um, you know, when Israel, uh, uh, was reborn in 1948, that kind of kicked it off. I think that was a major, major prophetic, uh, prophecy that had been fulfilled that, uh, God had told us about what's going to happen. That's never happened before. It has happened now. And so we look around and uh, things are coming together so fast. And uh, I never even dreamed of anything like this. You know, when I was a kid, <clears throat> you, know, you know, you always wondered, <clears throat> sorry guys, how this would happen. Like, how is God going to make this all come together? You know, we're always like, how, but who would have thought it was going to come together with like the World Economic Forum, people looking like a, like a, a B-rated sci-fi movie, you know, and you'll do what we want and you'll eat nothing and eat bugs and you'll be happy and you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Yes, because we're going to make you happy. We're going to spray all this stuff in the air and we're going to kill you. We're going to kill your plants. We're going to slaughter animals for no reason and we're just going to make it where you can't have beef anymore because, you know, your body really needs some kind of protein meat not just from vegetables and uh, we're just going to make it to where you know that doesn't work and remember what the bible says in the end times they'll tell you not to eat meat and uh anyway but you can have this beetle burger Mm -mm, good stuff put some a1 steak sauce on that folks Mm. oh anyway Mm mm-hmm so let's jump into these articles let's do the biden first because i want to end in you know with with the with the gospel so 
He's about Leo Homan, our favorite. So he says, will Americans be duped again into complying with high-pressure masking, group think, forced lockdowns, and repeated mRNA jabs? He says, last week, on Friday, July the 21st, the Biden administration, of course, I'm reading this a little late, guys, um, the Biden administration quietly announced the creation of a new permanent office within the White House called the Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response Policy, or OPPR. Now, I found this ironic when I saw this OPPR. Does that remind you guys of oppression? That's what clicked right in my head oppression the office of oppression anyway that's just me yeah, anyway so Olio continued says joe biden has named a military man retired air force major general paul fredericks to head up the new office why now i thought covid was over biden said months ago covid was over totally conquered the only folks i know who are still getting covid are the ones who got multiple mrna covid jabs causing their immune compromised bodies to continue to manufacture the toxic spike proteins uh, which then make them sick we also continue to hear weekly of young healthy people who are dying suddenly with no warning by creating this new office and emphasizing that it will be permanent this is a red flag that should have our keen attention is this the or is the government still drunk with the new powers gained from the last pandemic telegraphing to us plebeians that another pandemic is right around the corner the significance of this step by biden last friday cannot be fully and properly contextualized without going into a little history dating back to 2019 and 2020 we could go even further back to show how u.s laws were changed in preparation for a massively hyped pandemic but for the sake of space he goes i will only go back a few years he says while the media and the entire global establishment did their best to hide it the united states in the spring of 2020 went into a form of medical martial law in uh, may 15 2020 news release from the department of defense the trump administration announced the appointment of general gustav uh, uh, gustave f perna as chief operating officer of operation warp speed the administration's national program to accelerate the development manufacturing and distribution of covid-19 vaccines therapeutics and diagnostics or medical countermeasures below is trump at the white house podium with general perna as he announced the launch of operation warp speed says president donald trump is mobilizing the united states military to distribute a novel coronavirus vaccine when one becomes available and will focus first on older americans let's kill those folks off first I threw that in for free. Uh, quote, you know it's a massive job to give this vaccine, Trump said in an interview broadcast Thursday on Fox News Business News Network. Quote, our military is now being mo- mobilized, so at the end of the year, we're going to be able to give it to a lot of people very, very, very rapidly. You know him, unquote, very, very rapidly. Anyway, uh, he said he believes there will be a vaccine by the end of the year in the United States is mobilizing our military and other forces on that assumption. Leo continues and he says, where did that assumption come from? And who was Trump relying on for his information and guidance in placing a COVID vaccine, which we were all, which we were, which we are told did not even exist at that point, let alone been tested for short, medium and long term safety under the United States military. He says, I'm sure this uh, had, he says, I'm not sure if this has ever been done before at least not in america militaries are built to mobilize for war and this was no different the war is about to be waged against the american people the weapons of war in this case would be a fierce propaganda campaign to prepare the battlefield followed by a massive effort to inject a bio weapon directly into the bodies of every man woman and child down to six months 
of age. The establishment waged this war for two years, Leo said. Get a shot. Get another shot. In another, in another. They paid you to get it. They threatened you with the loss of job, loss of rights to travel and assemble, loss of health care, and loss of various benefits if you didn't get it. When has that ever happened before, he questions. And I want to throw in there, it is still happening today. Today, folks are being denied, denied organ transplants because they won't get this stupid bioweapon shot. Leo continues. On September the 1st, 2022, Biden delivered his infamous red speech in which he threatened Americans who opposed his policies on COVID vaccines and other issues while flanked by two U.S. Marines. The symbolic message was unmistakable. The leash of tyranny has been loosened over the last 10 to 12 months. Travel has returned to normal. Most of the mandates have been drawn, but all of the unconstitutional laws rules, logistical practices, and executive orders remain in place and at the ready to once again ramp up the heat on Americans to comply with whatever, quote, new normal the globalists desire to impose next. The World Economic Forum. Just think about that. Anyway, so in Biden is getting ready for it by creating this new OPPR oppression. Think about that. So, but before we get into Biden's la- latest government creation, we had to finish the story of what has led us up to this point. President Trump placed the distribution of an unproven, untested COVID vaccine under the United States military and engaged his White House COVID-19 task force, which was run by then Vice President Mike Pence, along with Dr. Deborah Burks. Pence, a globalist neocon who comes across as almost robotic and soulless, was the perfect man for the job. He no doubt worked closely with the military industrial complex to get this bioweapon offloaded into the civilian centers where it could be mass injected into the population. The whole COVID response soon became all about vaccines. Every other treatment was demonized in the state-run media and on social media. Any counter-messaging, any questioning of the vaccine safety or e- efficacy fell into what the government call, uh, government would call mis, dis, or malinformation. It had to be eradicated, silenced, and viciously countered just as the globalists had war-gamed during the Event 201 you remember that, guys, the Event 201 tabletop exercise on October 19, 2019 in New York City. It was here that the CIA agent Avril Haines participated along with representatives of the CDC, the Chinese CDC, the UN World Health Organization, the Gates Foundation, and other globalist entities would rehearse their response to the upcoming COVID bio-warfare production. The COVID vaccine program became the most intense marketing and propaganda operation in world history with people from all, all ages and all walks of life pressure to comply. I can still hear Trump bragging about the medical miracle, followed up a, uh, a few months later by uh, Joe Biden whispering, get the shot. When criticized for his role in bringing out an unsafe and ineffective vaccine based on all new mRNA technology, Trump doubled down. In May 2021, Trump gave himself credit for the coronavirus vaccines rolling out, calling it one of the greatest miracles of the ages. Yes. That was a quote. Trump issued a statement saying that without his administration's help with the purchase and military distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine, the U.S. wouldn't be where it's 
at in terms of the number of vaccinated Americans, adding that it took his team just nine months to develop a vaccine while everybody was saying it would take at least three to five years. In three to five years, guys, it would have been over. Herd immunity. Just remember, he's still proud of that. And he is still proud of it until a few months ago. I know all you out there never, I mean, all you Trump lovers out there, I'm just saying. (laughs) I never trusted him. Anyway, these two men, Trump and Biden, are more alike than many of us are willing to admit. Because when the chips were down, neither one was a true leader. They simply did what the same group of unelected experts told them to do. The whole theater production remains to this day a largely military psychological operation based on fear and mass compliance. After initially criticizing what Trump had done in terms of Operation Warp Speed, Joe Biden, once he took office, continued the Trump policy of militarizing and pressurizing the vaccine rollout. Almost no Americans could honestly say they did not feel at least some pressure to submit to the shots. If you didn't, then you must live in a cocoon. The declaration of a national emergency was the key component used to engage the military and shield the vaccine manufacturers from even rudimentary levels of accountability and liability for their products. Because the vaccine was presented under medical countermeasures and placed under the military, all national and international laws protecting the civilian population from harmful experimental medical treatments were waived. Tens of thousands of Americans have paid for this outrage with their lives. Others have been permanently harmed and placed on disability, no longer able to work. Among the laws that were waived was the requirement that all people offered experimental treatments must be granted informed consent. A requirement that's embedded in both the United States Emergency Use Authorization Laws as well as international laws through the Nuremberg Code. But those were waived, you guys. Mm, Remember? Physicians Physicians were allowed to violate informed consent, which requires... Full disclosure of all ingredients and all potential side effects in the experimental treatment. Most doctors and nurses never even questioned what was in the vaccines, let alone advise their patients about potential adverse events. If they did, they risked losing their medical licenses. So they were just, oh goodness, so they just repeated the narrative sent to them by the narrative creators. It was safe and effective. In doing this, the doctors also violated their medical oath to do no harm. Only under a situation of medical martial law could all the laws and procedures meant to protect people be waived as they were in 2021 onward. That's the back story. Fast forward to July 21st, 2023, the aforementioned military operation was so successful that the Biden administration is now making it permanent in taking it to the next level. On Friday, July 21st, the White House announced in a press release the creation of a new permanent office called the Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response Policy, or Oppression, I'm sorry, OPPR, with Major General Fredericks at the helm. Fredericks has served as Special Assistant to the President as Senior Director of Global Health Security and Biodefense at the White House National National Security Council. He's also um, been in leadership positions with NATO. So this is a man who's right up there with General Mark Milley and Lloyd Austin in terms of his ability to rise up the ranks of the United States military. Guys like Milley, Austin, and Fredericks are essentially globalist military bureaucrats who get promoted up the ladder by kissing the right backsides. Not because they are particularly brilliant or wise. That's how it works in Washington, he says. 
The July 21st White House release states, quote, this will be a permanent office in the executive office of the president charged with leading, coordinating and implementing actions related to preparedness for and response to known and unknown by known, listen, and unknown biological threats or pathogens. I thought that was why we had the CDC, the HHS and multiple other agencies. Why do we need another biomedical security office run by the military? The release further states that this new office will, quote, coordinate the administration's domestic response to public health threats and have pandemic potential or may cause significant disruption and strengthen domestic pandemic preparedness. This includes ongoing work to address potential public health outbreaks and threats from COVID-19, MPOX, polio, avian and human influenza, and RSV, folks. Monkeypox, polio, avian and human influenza. So the flu, RSV for children. So notice every one of these diseases listed has a vaccine ready and waiting. But just in case you aren't convinced that this new office will be all about getting more Americans injected with more of Big Pharma's new generation of mRNA vaccines, the very next paragraph of the news release spells it out stating that the new office will, and I quote, drive and coordinate federal science and technology efforts uh, related to pandemic preparedness. Specifically, OPPR will oversee efforts to develop, manufacture, and procure the next generation of medical countermeasures, including leveraging emerging technologies and working with HHS on next generation vaccines and treatments for COVID-19 and other public health threats. Unquote. Leo continues and he says, I suspect after reading through this uh, release that the next big pandemic is already on the shelf and waiting to be released to be followed by another vaccine rollout and mass propaganda campaign. In February of 2022, Bill Gates told CNBC, well, he says, we'll have another pandemic and it will be a different pathogen next time. Unquote. How does Gates know this? It was 100 years between the Spanish flu and COVID. Why is he so certain that the next one is imminent and that it will be a different pathogen? It's no coincidence most countries are rolling out digital IDs in central bank digital currencies with some, such as Ethiopia spotlighting 2025 for when these changes will be fully operational and mandated. Think of the possibilities if the next pandemic were to hit in the summer or, summer or fall of 2024 and just gets worse into 2025 as a new president has taken office. The globalist elites will by then have a newly upgraded digital enforcement mechanism to lock people down that was not available to them at the peak of the COVID pandemic in 2020 or 2021. COVID 2020-2021 was a valuable test run launched by the globalists to see how many Americans or how many people, I'm sorry, how many people uh, would accept their new normal of 24-7 surveillance mandated and repeated mRNA vaccines, restrictions on travel, speech, assembly, religious practices, and all purchases. Wash, rinse, repeat, Leo says. The first round was successful beyond the globalist wildest dreams in conditioning people for the coming beast system. They won't be able to resist a second round. The question is when, not if. Excellent article, Mr. Leo Homan. I would love to, I, I'd like to reach out. I just would like to um, 
one of these days, maybe, God willing, if he would even consider it, um, be a guest on this podcast. Wow, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> maybe, you never know. Anyway, one can dream, right? Anyway, so, um, folks, you see where everything is going, and uh, it doesn't, doesn't take a rocket science to figure out where we're heading. You know, it doesn't, doesn't take rocket science, I'm telling you. Um, but I will tell y'all, every time I upload a podcast, I get so sick, and I don't know what's going on, but the truth has to be put out there. Warnings, you know, got to warn the folks. So HarbingersDaily.com, David Jeremiah posted the 20th of July in the world of corruption. How do we spot a false prophet? Well, the Bible tells us. Anyway, so over the centuries since Christ's death and resurrection, countless imposters have pretended to be the Messiah or claimed to know details about the future they could not possibly know. While false prophets are nothing new, they will become increasingly prevalent and destructive in the end times. Jesus warned us about these individuals in his Olivet Discourse. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. That's Matthew twenty four eleven. And I'm going to cut in here really quick because you guys know, if you do not know who the false prophets are, just go look at the the mega, you know, it's all about them. It's all about the music and the hill song and the Bethel and that wicked garbage. Um, go look at all that stuff. It's not hard. The Benny Hens, um, the Joel Olsteins, the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, all this garbage. Anybody who says that um, God has broke, has done away with the covenant with Israel, it's not about them, it's not about the church. You know, they are wicked and they have denied God and they are a, an apostate. They were a false Christ. They were a false prophet. Um, get out of there. That's heresy. So I, I always like to ask those people. So if Jesus or if God, you know, broke that covenant, because that's what basically what he would do with Israel to pick it up with the church, quote, um, what do you think he's going to do with us? The Bible says we are to be very careful as Gentiles because we are grafted in. We are grafted in. The Jews are God's chosen people. They still are. They always will be. You're not going to change that. They are the apple of his eye. We as Gentiles have been grafted in. We are adopted. So um, I always want to ask those people that. Like, did you read your entire Bible or did you just like stop somewhere? Because <laughs> that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what God tells us. God has the entire tribulation in revelation is to turn the jews back to god almighty that's what that's all about it's a time of jacob and uh people need to realize that uh this is what this is that that's what this is god has not turned his back on them he loves them he wants them to repent he wants them to know that jesus is the messiah he's already come there's going to come a day in, in you know in revelation and daniel where you know, they, they don't know. They don't, see, that's, that's the difference when the Jews and, and Christians, you know, Judaism and Christianity, we know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. They don't. They're still waiting on their Messiah. And so when this Antichrist rises to power, they are going to think that that is their Messiah. And then during midway through that, and he's going to break that, he's going to break it. He's going to desolate uh, the uh, the uh, the throne there in the new temple and oh my gosh then they're going to realize oh my gosh then they're going to know but if you know Jewish folks be praying for them because God loves them and uh, you have that's why you have to read your whole Bible <laughs> don't just nitpick verses that you want and uh, you have to read it in context you can't just take a sentence out ha ha you know you got to read the entire context you know you know we have paragraphs and we have breaks but you know the the bible doesn't have paragraphs and breaks and whatever but we do that so we can like you know 
find scripture easier and just say, hey, go to this verse. But anyway, um, but anyway, we're going to go back to the article here by David Jeremiah. In Matthew 10, 16 and Luke 10, 3, Jesus warned his followers about wolves who would be openly hostile to the gospel. But Matthew 7 presents a more subtle threat. Wolves disguised as sheep, Joel Osteen, I'm sorry, uh, be aware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Matthew 7, 15 tells us these are false prophets who infiltrate the church and lead people astray hmm sound familiar hillsong church all these folks and just you know jesus warned that false prophets would deceive many people in the last days but we don't have to fall for their schemes the bible provides many warning signs and practical ways we can respond to false teaching just as clever hoaxes have conned many brilliant people it is possible for christians even mature believers to be duped by false teachers many philosophies that have nothing to do with the cause of christ masquerade under the banner of christianity without the wisdom and grace of god we're all vulnerable to deception so you need the holy spirit folks anyway matthew 7 21 23 contains some of the most disturbing words in the bible jesus is speaking and he says quote not everyone that saith unto me lord lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works and then will i profess unto them i never knew you depart from me ye that worketh iniquity unquote someday the true nature of each person's relationship with jesus christ will be revealed when they stand before god in judgment unless that individual has a personal relationship with christ all their deeds in religious fervor will be meaningless jesus warned his disciples take heed that no man deceive you matthew 24 4 because um, he says, but in a world of deception, how do we spot a false prophet? God's word gives us several tools to separate the wolves from the sheep. False prophets may make predictions that do not come true. <laughs> Cat curb, Benny Hinn, what's that little dude out of uh, Oklahoma? You know who I'm talking about. I'm going to blow COVID away. Oh, folks. So the Bible says, and if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. Deuteronomy eighteen twenty one to 22. Today's false prophets often try to predict the time of Christ's return. However, Jesus told us in the Olivet Discord, discourse but of that day and hour knoweth no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only matthew twenty four thirty six. the lord does not intend for us to speculate about the timing of his return the christian's responsibility is to remain watchful righteous and ready now i don't know about the timing of his return if we're to speculate i don't know about that because uh he says you know when he, remember he was telling the, the the pharisees you know i'm here he was here and they couldn't discern the times remember i don't know now there's a day and hour yes we're not supposed to say jesus is coming back on the 24th the blah 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 whatever no absolutely not <laughs> no we're not but we are to know the season that we are in because he has told us hey right here he's told us and he goes and when you see these things begin to happen hold your head up high because your redemption draws near so we know he's coming and we're coming he's coming soon um and so we are to be looking for his soon 
return. But the timing of it, nobody knows but God. Anyway, so uh, he says, false prophets may perform miraculous signs and wonders. After Christ raptures his church and the tribulation begins, Satan will use religion to unite the world under the leadership of the Antichrist and false prophet. Although the false prophet of the tribulation will not rise to power before the rapture, the Bible's description of him helps us evaluate all other false prophets. According to the Apostle Paul, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders, the Second Thessalonians 2.9. Remember that miraculous signs and wonders do not always indicate God's presence or power. If you recall the showdown between Aaron and Pharaoh's sorcerers, the Egyptians used enchantments, unquote, to turn their rods into serpents, Exodus 7, 11, and 12. And in the book of Acts, Luke described a sorcerer named Simon who deceived many people through magical powers, next Acts 8, 9 through 11. Any miracle that does not bring glory to God and further the gospel is rooted in demonic influence. False prophets may claim to be Christ. When Jesus' disciples asked for signs of his return in the end times, he first, his first warning had to do with imposters. Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Matthew 24, 4 and 5. Later in the Olivet Discourse, Jesus explained how we could recognize this type of false prophet. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew 24, 26 and 27, or 26 through 27. The entire world will witness Jesus' return. We do not need to worry about missing it or <laughs> finding him in some hidden location. False prophets may have an unbiblical lifestyle. Jesus' half-brother Jude wrote a short epistle that, among other things, vigorously urges Christians to stay alert, contend for the truth, and know that God will judge false teachers. This later or this letter provides several clues uh, related to a false teacher's lifestyle. These defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts in those things they corrupt themselves. Deceive many for or deceive people for money, care only for themselves, and bear no fruit. That's Jude eight, ten, eleven, and twelve. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. They be, or these be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit, Jude 16 and 19. False teachers often claim that God will not condemn anyone, but Jude says the Lord will judge ungodliness, Jude 15. Godliness and integrity are essential traits for anyone who teaches the word of God. False prophets may deny Christ's identity. Whenever Satan cannot directly suppress or destroy the truth, he assaults it indirectly by deceit. The apostle John wrote, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world hereby know ye the spirit of god every spirit that confesseth jesus that jesus christ is come in the flesh is of god and every spirit that confesseth not jesus christ is come in the flesh is not of god and this is that spirit of antichrist thereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world first john 4 1 through 3 as Christians, we cannot believe everyone who claims to have a message from God. Anyone who attacks Jesus' humanity or deity is an antichrist, operating under Satan's influence. 1 John 2, 22. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Ask them, is Jesus God? No. <laughs> 
false prophets, antichrist, spirit of the antichrist. So false prophets teachings will lead people away from the Lord. I'm going to highlight this right here. And uh, let's see here. So one way to identify false prophets is to look at the kind of people their followers are becoming. Are they becoming more or less Christ-like? In Luke 6, uh, 640, um, Jesus says that the disciples is not the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Long before tragedy struck, trouble was evident in the lives of people who followed cult leaders like Jim Jones, David Koresh, and Marshall Applewhite. But before our culture is more concerned with tolerance and the word of God, we miss the warning signs. Faithful Christians glorify God and identify him or identify with him by producing the spiritual fruit of good works instead of his character. Jesus taught, quote, even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Therefore, or wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Matthew seven seventeen to 20. Written shortly before uh, Peter's martyrdom, the book of Second Peter reveals the apostles' grave concern about false teachers in the church. He encouraged his readers to focus on the word of God rather than listening to private interpretation, 2 Peter 1.20, or self-appointed teachers who refuse to believe that God will judge wickedness, 2 Peter 2, uh, 1-22 and 3 verses 3 and 4, or chapter 3 verse 3 and 4. In the second chapter alone, Peter lists 22 attributes of false teachers. Whew, there you go, guys. That might be a good one. We may want to do the, we may want to read Second Peter. Anyway, so how to respond to false prophets. So uh, Jeremiah, Dr. Jeremiah continues, says if a religious teacher matches any of the above criteria, God's word calls him a false prophet in wolf in sheep's clothing. We should not be surprised when we encounter such people. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And that's second corinthians 11 14 through 15 it takes discernment to see beneath the mask of an imposter but we can cultivate that discernment by studying god's word and abiding in his truth or in its truth when we encounter false teaching jude urges us to approach each situation individually but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the holy ghost keep yourselves in the love of god looking for the mercy of our lord jesus christ into eternal life and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. That is Jude 20 through 23. Some who wander from the truth need compassion. Others need urgent intervention. Regardless of the situation, grace is the benchmark of Christian conduct. God's people cannot tolerate false teaching in the church, but we are responsible for separating sinners from their sin. Even as we reject false teaching, the Lord calls us to maintain a spirit of gentleness and contend for the offender's spiritual restoration. The best defense against false teaching is a vibrant faith that walks in step with the Lord. We do well to follow the example of the Bereans who received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Acts 17:11. Our most fundamental testimony lies in the way we live. Nothing can distinguish God's people from the culture like a steadfast commitment to the truth of the gospel. In a world of deception, make up your mind to pursue truth wherever it leads and spread the good news. Wonderful article there by Dr. David Jeremiah. So, another good um, 
Another good Bible, study Bible to get is Dr. David Jeremiah's um, study Bible. I have it in the large print, hardback. It's great. A lot of good stuff in there. Um, very good. Very, very good. But guys, I want to leave with that. Um, I want to jump on really quick, let you guys know, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. Um, anyway, they're still running tests. So hopefully, um, hopefully um, things will, um, they'll find out something or the Lord can miraculously heal me. I am, uh, I definitely believe in the power of prayer. I wouldn't still be here if there wasn't people praying. I know that. And I want to thank all you guys for prayer. Um, I know Michelle for sure in art. Thank you guys so much. Um, anyway, and uh, Kevin, I hadn't heard from you, so I don't know what you thought of that video, but I am kind of curious what you think. Um, and uh, on that pastor that I sent sent, sent it to you. Um, anyway, um, guys, uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Have a wonderful day. Have a blessed day. Um, go out there. Tell people about the Lord while there's still time. Because one thing you can't do in heaven is tell people about Jesus. <laughs> can't tell people. Everybody knows him. We all know him. And it's like Dr. David Jeremiah said, it's a personal relationship with Christ. Now, listen, folks, you can um, you can know Jesus, but you can't know Jesus. You know, you can know of Jesus, but that's different than knowing Jesus. You know, I, I say that a lot. Um, you know, your mama might have known Christ. She might have been a Christian. Your grandmama might have been a Christian, but that don't make you a Christian. You might have been baptized. You might have been, oh, you might have walked down that aisle and said that little prayer when you were seven. And here you are, 47 years old, living like hell, um, you know, drinking, doing whatever, living in your sin, thinking nothing of it. Does that mean you're saved? I don't think so. You need to repent, ask Christ to forgive you, know and understand why we need a Savior. You know, all of our good works for us, filthy rags, the Bible says. And uh, we are wretched, folks. If you only knew how wretched we all really were. I know I'm the wretchedness of all wretchedness. And uh, I thank God every day that he saved me, that Jesus has washed me in his blood. And uh, without a blood sacrifice, a perfect, perfect sacrifice. And that was Christ. So if you're sitting here today on your couch eating Cheetos, <laughs> I don't care where you're at, on your patio drinking coffee, I don't care. You might be drunk. I don't care. what You, you might be high as a kite. I don't care. But know this, God loves you. And he really does. Um, and he wants you to be saved. You know, he will leave the 99 sheep to go find that one, that one that's gone astray. So remember, and the prodigal son, so much the Bible has to teach us about God's love for us. You may think whatever you've done is so bad, God will never forgive you. Well, <laughs> that's kind of presumptuous. I'd be pretty prideful, don't you think? You know, <laughs> I look at it that way. Oh, I'm so terrible. Now listen, Jesus Christ's blood paid for it all. He hung on the cross. He died for you, for me, for every wicked, wretched, unspeakable thing that could have possibly ever happened. Jesus already died for that. And so it's your job, your choice right now to ask Christ to save you. The Bible says anybody calls out, and calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall, shall is a big mighty word, means it's going to happen no matter what, uh, shall be saved. So once you've asked Christ to save you, ask you to repent of your sin. Like George, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a wretched sinner. Please forgive me of my sin. Please forgive me. Repent today. If you are a Christian already and you've backslidden, repent 
today come back to christ come back to the lord god you've broken that fellowship with him if you live in sin and you have unrepentant sin and so that means you've, you're in a broken fel- doesn't mean you're not going to heaven it just means you know you're not in that communion you're not in a good you're not in fellowship with the lord so repent today of that sin or whatever it is and you know like king david of even sin that you don't even know unintentional sin anyway read the psalm psalm 53 i think it's is it psalm 53 or psalm 51 let me pull up the bible software here let's see what we got olive tree bible software told I, I really do like it so i'm going to go to psalms super easy especially for my little blind butt um <laughs> like i say i should have braille on my computer screen uh, there we go psalm let's do i want to say it's 51 let me see a prayer of repentance psalm 51 let's pray it together folks have mercy upon me O god according to your loving kindness according to the multitude of your tender mercies blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for i acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me against you you only have i sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge behold i was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me behold you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom purge me with hyssop and i shall be clean wash me and i shall be whiter than snow make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities create in me a clean heart O god and renew a steadfast spirit within me do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your holy spirit from me restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit that i will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed O god the god of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness O lord open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise for you do not desire sacrifice or else i would give it you do not delight in burnt offerings the sacrifices of god are a broken spirit a broken and a contrite heart these O god you will not despise do good in your good pleasure to zion build the walls of jerusalem then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness with the burnt with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings they shall then they shall offer bulls on your altar so today let today be the day of your salvation don't wait another moment folks um so much craziness is going on and um i just uh i know time is short and i don't want anybody to be left behind god does not want anybody god doesn't want anybody to perish but he wants all to come to repentance and the saving grace of his son and savior jesus christ so guys with that i'm going to get out of here um, I got to get ready to go to work. And, um, but anyway, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you, folks. Maranatha, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, may today be the day that the Lord Jesus comes and takes us home. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be so great. So great. But just know if you're suffering today that Christ is with you. He sits closer than a brother. Um, he will never leave us nor forsake us. And uh, we are to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of a sound mind. So if you're fearful today, turn that fear into a prayer. You know, if you're suffering today, just 
keep praying and keep holding on to the hem of his garment. That's why I always say I can envision myself grabbing the hem of, you know, his garment like that lady did. Remember, they had the issue of blood. Anyway, guys, um, thank you all so much for listening. And hopefully um, I'll be able to be a little bit more consistent coming up here shortly once I get moved and um, get some uh, some more tests and stuff done. But anyway, with that, uh, I'm going to get out of here. So may God bless each and every one of you and may his Holy Spirit fill you today and may he may his Holy Spirit give you discernment during this time when we really, really need discernment and uh, may God just give you guidance. May his Holy Spirit guide you um, and lead you and may he speak to you through his word today in Jesus name. Amen.